0: Come on, this way, Daddy. We we got to show off. We got to show off. You didn't do anything. She did all the work, and you're the one holding the baby. I don't understand all this. That's awesome. Dun, da, da, da. He, was he was sound asleep until I got him. Yeah. Hey, I've held a few of these in my lifetime. Patty. Full name again. Samuel Asbury. Samuel Asbury Morris. Okay. This is him in all his little blue glory and he is absolutely adorable. Um, we want to just remember to pray for him and all others that are coming our direction, all the little ones that are here. Um, Sean and Megan went up in the nursery this morning, uh, so uh, they're back there with them. And, and uh, so, if you have a little one you need to drop off, they're there. But this one here, I'm sure he's going to sleep through the service. And uh, but we have others on the way as well. Isn't that neat to be in a church like that? That is absolutely cool. Well, let's do this. Let's pray real quick. Father, we thank you that you would allow us the opportunity to get to see these little ones come into our church. And Father, we we just pray. That God, above all things, Lord, you would touch this young, this young man, this little boy, this little baby. And Father, at a very young age, God, where he has a true understanding of who you are, that he would trust you for all of his days. Father, for his parents, we ask God that you give them strength and wisdom as they raise their two boys. Lord, we love you. We thank you. We thank you for this family and the fact that they're here and they're saying, we want our child to be in church. Lord, thank you, God. In Christ's name, I pray. Amen. 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 He doesn't want to leave. I'll just preach with him. (laughs) him No, it's okay. Here you go. There you go, Dad. That is awesome. That is awesome right there. Is JD enjoying being a big brother? He's over there waving at me. It's me. That's right. (laughs) That is awesome. This morning, you saw something that a growing church should see more of. You saw uh, a show of faith. You saw a young lady saying that she desired to follow Christ in baptism. Now, What happens as our church grows, we can do one of two things. We can become comfortable and think, hey, we're doing good. I don't need to do anything different. Or we can realize that with church growth comes great responsibility. And that great responsibility starts with the great commission. It starts with you and I coming to a place of understanding that we need to be sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. That it is not something that we just do when we feel comfortable, but it's something that we do because it is the very thing that the entire world needs to hear. The Great Commission is something that we're responsible for at Pine Island, and I believe that we're responsible for it throughout the entire county and all of the counties that are represented here in our church. And I want to show you what I mean by that. Now, I know that most of you in here are from Waller County, all right? So if you're from Waller County, just raise your hand real quick so we can see that you're from Waller County. There you go. If you are from Austin County, raise your hand real quick. Those of you from Austin County, there's a couple in here from Austin County. If you're from Washington County, raise your hand real quick, all right? Any other counties represented? What are you? Montgomery County via Puerto Rico. Um, Montgomery County. Harris County? Harris County. All right. There you go. She's like, yes, me. All the way back here. That's exciting. What other counties we got represented? Brian. 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 No. Brian. Who? Brian. Grimes County. I'm sorry. I yeah, it's one of those things. Who's from no, we're not we're not <laughs> paying attention at all. Grimes County, where's Grimes County? All of you from Grimes County? Anybody? Okay, there we are back there. Bear County. San Antonio. Right? B E X A R. Only in Texas could it be Bear County. That's right. And it is always, always good to have uh Kelly's parents with us. What a what a precious family they are. And I I we do appreciate y'all. Y'all raised a very good daughter. Good luck raising your son in law. Um it's tough. They've given up. Yes, I'm sure they have. So has Kelly. Um, The Great Commission is something that we're responsible for within our county, within our area that we live. Montgomery County. You know, I think about how I've been, obviously, to your home. I know how things are set up. You've got the neighborhood. You've got all those folks there. God has given us an opportunity here in our area to literally meet and reach all of these people within um, the areas that we live. And we become responsible for those folks. We become responsible for our neighbor. Believe it or not, the church is responsible for even uh, those around us that we don't like and don't care for. The Bible says to love your enemy. Um, and, and obviously, we have people around us that we're like, man, how in the world are you allowed to live and like you live and do the things that you do? Those people need Christ. Um, for me, I get a captive audience a couple of days a week. For some of us in this room, we have a captive audience. We we do church in jail, okay? So literally, they are a captive audience in more than one way, right? But I don't I don't poke fun at that. It's just the reality of their situation, and and they are some of them are very willing to listen. Let me tell you the difference between a woman in jail and a man in jail. A woman in jail, I believe, begins to understand, "Wow, I'm missing my kids are missing." My family's missing because I'm here. But men, for the most part, they're full of pride and full of self. But even they need Jesus. And so the Great Commission goes inside the jails and inside the prisons. It goes inside your job, whether you work at Dykin or you work for the school district or or you work for the tax office or you work for the city or or you work for some computer firm down in, in, in Houston. Wherever you are, you and I are responsible for the Great Commission. It is our job as a church, as a growing church, to take the good news of Jesus Christ. And a lot of people are like, well, thank God we got a pastor. The first first sermon I ever preached in this church, almost 19 years ago, the very first sermon I ever preached, I said, you don't need a preacher to be a church. You don't have to have a pastor in order for you to be a church. You are the church, whether you have a leader that's got a title, pastor or not, you're still responsible for sharing the good news. You're still responsible for reaching the lost. You're still responsible for the Great Commission." All of us in this room have a responsibility to reach a lost and dying world. You see, if we truly believe that we are saved by grace, don't you think the rest of the world needs the same grace we've been given? Matthew chapter 28. If you have your Bible, turn there with me. Matthew chapter 28, and let's read from verses 16 through 20. Let's stand together as we read from God's word. But the 11 disciples proceeded to Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had designated to them. And by the way, do you notice a lot when Jesus would meet with his disciples? A lot of times it was on the mountains. And when they saw him, they worshiped him. But some were doubtful. And Jesus came up and spoke to them saying, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe or follow all that I commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Father, my prayer this morning is that we will understand the call to the Great Commission. And many in this room, many in this room, it starts simply at home, right where they are. It starts with sharing the good news with their children. From there, it starts with sharing the good news with their coworkers, with their family, with their friends. Father, this is the call that you've given us right here at Pine Island, and we pray this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. There are some very important things that um, I want us to look at this morning in this scripture. And the very first thing we're going to look at is that Reaching people starts with being where you're supposed to be. Reaching people starts with being where you're supposed to be. Jesus had given the disciples a particular place to meet him. And it says here that these 11 that were there, they met Jesus on the mountain. They were where they were supposed to be. They came, they were part of it. And and if we're gonna be a powerful force in a dark and dying world, we need to be where we're supposed to be, all right? Now, let me explain to you what I mean by that. The disciples met Jesus exactly where he told them. They came, they met him, they were empowered by his words and by the spirit of God. He sent them out on a mission. But had they not shown up, they wouldn't have known the mission. Had they not shown up, they would not have heard the words of Christ. Had they not shown up, they would not have had the power that God had to give to them that day through Jesus. And so for you and I, what is our responsibility? Our responsibility is we are to be in church. We are to be in a place that we gather together, that we meet together, that we come together, not when we feel like it, not when, it, when the time hits us just right, but we are to be in church every time that we can make it and by the way folks we can make it a whole lot more than what we realize is that true i mean it's just a reality we have other things that get in the way and and yet we want to reach the lost well one of the greatest ways to reach the lost is by letting them see the faithfulness that you have to god and his church by being there, by showing up and hearing the word of God preached, hearing the word of God sung, hearing the testimonies of people. I don't care that it was one or two ladies that spoke this morning. I'm going to tell you something. I was excited to hear that God touched the heart of a lady yesterday. And I have a feeling that he touched many hearts. But how would you have been touched if you weren't here? How could you have heard the good news if you weren't here? How could you be strengthened in the word of God if you're not here to hear it and to listen and to be a part? You and I must show up where we're supposed to be. If I'm a Christian, I show up to church. That's who I am. I understand the need and the necessity to be together, to fellowship, one body, one blood, one group of people coming together to worship our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So you and I being part of the Great Commission starts with our faithfulness and being where God has called us. And a lot of people say, well, Brother Tom, I can have church in my barn on Sunday with my animals. I know, can't you just hear those horses singing praises to God? <laughs> Do you join in? I'm just wondering. What would that sound like if you joined in with your horses singing praises to God? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I come. Let me tell you what I love. And I enjoy this group. I do. I enjoy this group. I, I enjoy listening, I enjoy them leading us. But, folks, there are times that I want to just sit in the front row and I want to hear you more than I want to hear them. I want to hear you so loud and, and, and so in tune with what God's doing in that song that, man, I hear you over everything else. I'm just going, wow, listen to that church sing. Listen to that church sing. Now, be honest. How many of you in this church don't think you can carry a tune in a bucket? Just raise your hand. All right. How many of you think you can sing pretty good? Raise your hand. Patty, put your hand down. Um, All right, good. Some of you all think you got it down pretty good. All right. Now, how many of you are married to somebody who thinks they can sing pretty good? Yeah. Yeah. If you are wondering about Marissa raising her hand really fast, I've got some video that we can play one day for everybody, of her of her husband singing and he didn't know he was being recorded. It's it's it, it, it touched me. It touched me. It was right there, right there. Can I tell you something? I don't care if you can sing or not. When we come to church to sing, I'm not listening to you. As a matter of fact, if I'm listening to my neighbor, there's something wrong with me when I'm at church singing. I am here to make a joyful noise. And aren't you glad that what God hears come out of my mouth, if it's from straight from me to him, it's joyful? And what that means is those of you who know you can't carry a tuna bucket, you have the right to sing as loud as you want to because your neighbors shouldn't be paying attention to you anyway. They should be listening to what God has to say. Is that true worship, good worship, solid worship? So if I'm going to be reaching the lost, it starts with me being here and being real, being honest with myself and saying, God, I don't care what anybody in this church thinks about me. I'm going to worship you and praise you, and that's the way it's going to be so that whenever I leave outside the walls of this church, I have the confidence to not care what other people think. I just want to share the gospel. I just want to give people Jesus Christ. You want to tell you the really neat thing about church and about being a part of this church? We're all as different as it, I mean, folks, this is a hodgepodge, a motley crew of folks. It's a crazy group of people in here. Tyler and I are so, so different. And yet God makes it work. And he makes it work in a way that I look forward to coming and sitting and talking with him and, and hearing what God has to say to me through Tyler. If I show up, if I'm a part of what God is doing, I am growing because I'm around other brothers and sisters who are all trying to get to the same place. No, no, no. I'm not trying to get to heaven, folks. My name is already written in the Lamb's Book of Life. What I'm trying to do is grow in my faith and get to the next step of faith that God's calling me to get to. That's why I come to church. And if I'm here where I'm supposed to be, where God has called me to meet him, guess what? I've strengthened myself. So it says here, but the 11 disciples proceeded to Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had designated them. And when they saw him, what happened? They worshiped. Worship the one who called you. This goes back to whether you can sing or not. Who cares? Man, I'm here to worship the Father. I'm here to worship Jesus Christ, God's only Son, who was given for me. As a propitiation for my sin, the payment in full for my sin. And I'm here to worship him. I'm here to say to God, I belong to you. All that matters is you. We're to worship. I'm going to share a little bit about this this morning. A.W. Tozer said 100 religious persons knit into unity by careful organization do not constitute a church. Any more than 11 dead men make a football team. The first requisite is life always. You want to tell you how you know someone has life? They worship God and don't care who listens and who knows it. William Temple said the church is the only society that exists for the benefit of those who are not its members. A lot of times we come to church thinking, what can I get out of it? Folks, if you're here at Pine Island to find out what you can get out of this, you're here for the wrong reason. You are here to be a part of the corporate worship you are here to be what God is doing within our, within our church, within our area, within, within Waller County, within the counties that surround us, that we represent. You are here to give. If you're only here to take, you're going to make everybody else around you tired. You come to church to give. You come to church to be a part. Leonard Ravenel said, you never have to advertise a fire. Everyone comes running when there's a fire. Likewise, if your church is on fire, you will not have to advertise it. The community will already know it. People, if our worship is true and who we are is true, and if your life is being changed as you continue to come to Pine Island, then folks, you don't have to advertise much. You still got to speak the words of the gospel because people are saved by hearing the gospel. But how you live and how you act is a prerequisite before you can spread the good news of Jesus Christ. Life being changed. The Bible says here that some were doubtful. Be careful how you look at this. Be careful how you look at, at this particular thing. Some were doubtful. Folks, it says that they worshiped him. Anybody in here ever worshiped God when you were struggling with something? They have have seen Jesus die. They saw him die. They know they put him in a tomb. And they're looking at this going, wow, this man is here. This man that was dead, this man that was put in a tomb is telling us what to do. They were perplexed. They were like, wow, how do we battle this thing in faith, in worship? If you're struggling with something, let me tell you the best thing you can do, just start worshiping God just worshiping for what he's already done. And sometimes by us remembering what he's already done, that next step is a whole lot easier. Whatever you're struggling with this morning, simply worship. Jesus came up and spoke to them saying, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Jesus is gonna speak to them. A lot of what's wrong with the world today is they don't want to listen clearly. Matter of fact, here's what we do when we read the Bible a lot of times. Well, What does that mean to me? Y'all don't take this wrong. I don't care what it means to you. All that matters is what does it mean in Scripture. Well, Brother Tom, I interpret the Bible for myself. Stop. Stop. The Bible has given you enough in it to interpret it properly. Not for you to change it, not for you to think, how does this affect me? How do I think about this? The, the word of God is very clear. I interpret scripture with scripture. I start in the Old Testament and I move forward. And I can tell that if the New Testament says X about God, then it also said the same thing back in the Old Testament. It hasn't changed. I just have to learn to listen clearly to what God is saying. I have to listen clearly to what God is calling me to do. Tozer also said this about worship. To great sections of the church, the art of worship has been lost entirely. And in its place has come that strange and foreign thing called the program. Let's be honest, Baptists believe in the program, right? Three songs and a punt, three more songs and a message. By the time the message is over, the good Baptists are going, it is 1124. (laughs) I got six minutes to go. I wonder what's for lunch. <laughs> wonder where we're going. I think I'm hungry for a little seafood today. The program really messes things up, honestly. This word has been borrowed from the stage and applied with sad wisdom to the type of public service which now passes for worship among us. I think Tozer was dead on the money. I honestly believe that if we were to go back to the way they worshipped years ago, our church would have 20 people in it at the most. But I challenge you to go to Guatemala, Nicaragua, to Africa, and to see how hungry people are for worship and how they will get on a motorcycle that only holds one person and put five or six to come to worship. And how without air conditioning, they gather together. And they fan themselves until the preaching. And at the preaching, the fan goes down and they sit and they listen intently to what God has to say to them. And yet in the American church and even here at Pine Island, I'm afraid that if we were to say, let's go for three hours of worship, a lot of people would say, well, I'll be here for the first hour. But after that, I'm done. Why? Because we're used to the program. We wouldn't understand true worship sometimes if it hit us between the eyes. Jonathan Edwards said, "Who will deny that true religion consists in a great measure in vigorous and lively actings of the inclination and will, and will of the soul, or the fervent exercise of the heart?" We we come in and, and we think. Well, I wonder what he's going to say today. Hopefully, it'll hit me. Hopefully, I'll be able to get something out of it. Folks, if you walk in anticipating God, you will get something out of whatever God has to offer. You're worshiping with doubt. You can't hear clearly. Because in our head, we expect X, Y, and Z to happen, and at 1130, we better be out, because if we're not, we're going to hear about it. Trust me, if you don't think I don't hear about it, standing back there at that door, like y'all can laugh, but I'm serious. Like you you hear about it. Man, you went long today. Wow. I just gave you what God gave me. It's a shame you couldn't taste it. These that were perplexed. These that worship God and then struggle, but listen, listen, listen to how they died. James was beheaded. We know that for sure. That's one of the things that we know clearly from Scripture. The rest of these are kind of by what is given to us through uh, tradition. Matthew was killed by a sword in Ethiopia. John was boiled in a huge basin of boiling oil, yet did not die, and was sent to prison, the island of Patmos, where he wrote some of those beautiful writings that we have in all of Scripture. Nathanael was flayed to death by a whip in Armenia. Andrew was crucified on an X-shaped cross in Greece. His followers reported that when he was led toward the cross, Andrew saluted it in these words, I have long desired and expected this happy hour. The cross has been consecrated by the body of Christ hanging on it. And he continued to preach to his tormentors for two days until he died. We barely make it an hour in service. Thomas was stabbed with a spear in India and as tradition tells us Peter was crucified upside down all because they listened to the command to go you listen clearly and then you go you go he says go therefore make disciples of all nations all right the first thing we must do is make disciples that's the first call is make disciples We bring people to the realization of Jesus Christ and then God does the rest. It is not your job to save anyone. God does that. It's our job to go and to be the mouthpiece and the voice. Then we baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This morning you saw a young lady baptized. We don't baptize babies here at this church. We don't do that. We don't see it in Scripture. Some churches do, whatever. Here's my thing. If you're not baptized because of your faith in Christ, why were you baptized? He says to first make the disciple, reach the lost, and then we follow in obedience to Christ in baptism. The old Baptist way of doing things, sometimes I think we need to go back to it. There are some of you that wouldn't like it very much, but people that joined, no matter where they joined from, they had to be baptized in the old Baptist way. It was you declaring to that church that you were willing to follow alongside them as they walked with Jesus. Where to go? Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe or to follow all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Folks, if we're going to do what God has called us to do, there's some things we've got to change. First of all, we've got to get out of our half-hearted worship. Half-hearted worship. Now, this morning, I'm going to go ahead and tell you all, (laughs) because I love it. This morning, not one person has looked at their watch and let me see it. except for Eric in the back. (laughs) Nobody has looked at their watch and gone, oh, we're getting close. They don't wear watches. watches. (laughs) I have something there, but I'm gonna let it go. (laughs) The reality of it is, Does it not feel good to not care and just to come and worship, just to be a part of what God's doing? I was once a preacher asked to preach another pastor's funeral. You have never been more nervous than that day because most of the people at the funeral are other pastors. And I was asked to bring the message. He had wrote a lot of what he wanted at his funeral. That kind of made it easier because I knew what he wanted. Two hours later, I still could have stayed. During that time, there were other pastors who had asked, could I share? And they shared of this man's faithfulness and shared how God had done so many things in this man's life. The gospel was presented so many different times throughout that service. We sang songs. And nobody checked their watch. There is a time for you and I to understand that if we're gonna reach the lost, it starts by showing up where you're supposed to be. Then we worship. Even if we're struggling, we still worship. Then we listen carefully to the instruction that God has given us and we obey all of what we've been given. There's the real fight. Listen, that's the real battle. We've got to obey what we like and what we dislike. Some of you are like, oh, there's nothing about the Bible that I dislike, nothing at all. Then you've never read the whole Bible. Because there are some attributes of God that should scare you to death. We listen clearly, and then we go. We go. We get up, and we go. Pine Island, listen to me. As much as we have grown in these past few months, Next Sunday, this thing should still be here. The following Sunday, it should still be here. You say, well, Brother Tom, I'm sure glad Tyler did his job. (laughs) If that's your attitude about the church, you're more lost than you are saved. And by the way, you can't be a little bit of one. Our job as a church is to reach the lost. Take the gospel. I'm thankful. It's good to look out here and see see these seats like this. It's awesome. But folks, if we're not doing this and we're not taking the gospel, then we're just a country club, and I don't want to pastor a country club. I want to pastor a church that is powerful, that is being used of God, and is unashamed of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. Now, if that's what you want to be a part of, then you show up next Sunday. Show up Wednesday. We'll feed you. Salisbury steak. Just sign up online. Be a part of what God is doing, not just the next place to come. I don't ever want to be the church where everybody's coming because that's the new place to go. I want to be the church that God is using to do great and mighty things. Let's stand together. Father, this morning, you know the heart of your people. And Father, we absolutely belong to you. We are yours. But Lord, you have called us to do more than just show up. There are many in this room who hold a position at their job. And if they were to go and share the gospel with somebody, that person looked at them and go, wait, oh, time out. Why are you sharing the gospel with me? Lord God, today, may those of us who you have put in a position of authority humble ourselves and begin to work on our integrity. God, begin to work on our faith, begin to work on our walk, so that when we do share the gospel, people say, yeah, I see the change. There are others, Father, here that are part of a a ministry group somewhere, and It's become nothing more than just a gossip session. Lord, may you change the heart of those people. And from that meeting, may new life be birthed. God, there are others who are just simply retired, and they're like, I don't want anything else to do in life. God, may they be convicted that retirement means more time for you more time for your church, more time for sharing the gospel. Father, our teenagers that are here, my prayer for them, God, is that their hearts will be so overwhelmed by you that the things of this world don't matter. And even as a teenager, God, as they struggle, Lord, that they will follow you above all things. Father, we just this morning confess to you and admit to you, Lord, we are desperate for you. Change us from the inside out. We pray this in Jesus' precious and holy name.